So I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I was like, man, I really wish the Cavs were able to get Amari Stoudemire pairing with LeBron in 2010 because I don't think LeBron leaves, and I don't think that decision leads to what the league is now, right? Because to be honest with you, Look, I love player mobility. I love players having power, right? And I think that's the way it should be. But we've gotten to a point now where it's overkill. It's too much to keep up with. And it's just year after year. Every year, there's a new superstar on a new team. And there's a new legend on a new, like you got Russell Westbrook on his second team in a year. You got, you know, Paul George with the Clippers, uh, Paul George with the Pacers, OKC, and then bang, he's on the Clippers, you know. And Jimmy Butler goes from, Minnesota to Philly to Miami. It's just so much movement and it's just so chaotic in the offseason. It's taken away from the purity, I think, of the sport. And I think it's taken away from the actual on court, focusing on what the, what the what's actually happening on the court with these teams, with their systems, with their pieces, with their offense, with their structure, with their schedule, you know, with their matchups. I think that grind and that journey was just so beautiful, you know. And, and I'm young, but I just remember coming up these off seasons weren't like this before. You, you didn't have to be locked in on every single move or every single minute of every off season day. And, you know, in the summer, it wasn't like that. Now it's become that like every year, you know, someone might go somewhere or trade might happen. It's just so much. I think it's overkill, you know, and it, and it comes back down to the decision, but everything kind of took off after 2016. Like when Durant followed LeBron's blueprint, right. And joined the Warriors, joined that super team and made that super team. I think it got to a point where it was overkill. Now you got Giannis, who is, what, in fourth year of his prime, and they're speaking on him like he's got to go somewhere. You know, Same thing with Booker. But it's like, yo, you guys aren't understanding. LeBron did what he did and KD did what he did because they maximized their individual runs where they were at. LeBron had a seven-year run in Cleveland. Back was against the wall. The expectations were as if you're not top five, you are a bust. His response to that was, okay, get me a guy. They couldn't get him a guy. And then the Cleveland J.J. Hickson trade for Amare fell through, you know, and that was it. LeBron was going to leave. But then when he left, he found a glitch in the system a little bit because he teamed up with D. Wade, who's a top five, a top three player probably in the game at the time. A finals MVP, you already know, coming off scoring titles, a monster, right? And, and it was him, Kobe, and Braun at the time that were the best in the game. He went with him, but then they got Chris Bosh, who was a franchise guy, all time, you know, I mean, Olympian, all these things, you know, and he had led a team to the playoffs. That was unprecedented at the time because you never saw three guys in their prime get together. Okay. Now, LeBron, in a way, they booked like LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, they booked their finals trips before those seasons even started. Like on the, the moment the decision was made, the Heat were booked for the next four finals and they went there, right? What this did was it kind of created a new blueprint. So now there's KD. And you remember when KD tweeted, oh, why is everyone trying to join the Heat or was it the Lakers? Why can't we get back to competing, right? At the time, that was a guy, like he's he's older than me. So he's more old school at his core. Like he saw the game the way it was coming up. Like guys stuck where they were like Dirk and Duncan and Kobe, even Iverson. Uh, and, you know, you grinded it out. Your, your role players might have moved. Your X factors might have moved. Your actual all-star sidekick would stay with you and it was the pieces around you and mainly the system that would adjust and maybe you would get lucky one year and, and you know go deep and you really had to focus on the execution it wasn't more so it wasn't about who are you going to get it was about how are we going to execute in these matchups this year and make a run how are we going to defend as a team 
you know, and guys stuck together for three, four, five, six, seven years sometimes. That's why if you look at certain teams in the 2000s, it's the same guys year after year. It ain't like that anymore. Every two years, some guys in a New Jersey, every two years, rosters are going through drastic changes. But then Durant is sitting there and I think the light bulb must have went off like, yo, if I go this route, <laughs> I'm going to get left behind, you know, and I might end up like an AI. I might end up like an KG. I might end up like a T-Mac or a Vince, you know, and LeBron had these same thoughts in 2010, right? Like these guys had this pressure on them. They maximized what they did as individuals. And I think then from there, it was like, yo, Katie had to make a decision. My rival created a new blueprint. He played chess. Now, do I play checkers? No, I got to follow that. Like LeBron kind of led the way for the new generation, being the top guy, being the best in the game at the time. So you had to rent, make that move to Golden State. Like, okay, I'm going to book my finals trips now. You know, from there, it was like those guys had to kind of do that was all that was left. So they did that. Now it's to a point where every dude is in a trade rumor. Every guy's in a free agency rumor or people are counting down the days that they leave because casuals don't give a fuck about what's happening on the court. They care more about the breaking and the wow and guys switching jersey. It's like a soap opera, right? That they don't know shit about the game. It's it's more so who's gonna go where. Names, names, names. That's why they're so surprised when some of these teams don't even get it done, you know, because they didn't understand what the fit was. Then they just make fun of them. So, look, it's to a point now where I feel like it's unhealthy, you know. And this whole concept, like like you have vets that are out of the league because of this. You have young guys who are never gonna flourish because of this. You have young studs who are going to, who, if the right traditional way, they come into a franchise, they take the throne later on. A lot of these guys ain't because by the time they get there, guess what? That team already got a new fucking superstar in there or they signed so-and-so and the whole direction just flips overnight. That's what the league kind of became, you know? And if the Cavs had got Amare to Cleveland in 2010, I don't think LeBron leaves because that was, that would have been AD and LeBron right then and there. That would have been AD and LeBron in 2010. They would have won, I think they would have won, two or three for sure in that four-year span i think they would have won two or three being who LeBron, seeing who lebron was at that time and amari was at that time they would have got two or three but then what that would have done is it would have kept the traditional route you stay where you at your team comes to you like damian lillard i respect the fuck out of him for this right like he has never had that type of situation where it was instant success right with with the old guys kobe duncan dirk even iverson in 10 years in philly like these guys didn't even have a thought of you know, who are we going to pair with? Who are we going to team up with? Who, which superstar? That blueprint changed in 2010. Durant had to follow that blueprint if he really wanted to win chips. Because one guy that didn't follow that blueprint, that could have followed that blueprint, and probably should have followed that blueprint, was Carmelo. He, If he pairs up with D-Rose in that free agency, or, or um, you know, D-Rose and, and Carlos Boozer, you now have two super team heavyweights that are evenly matched in the Eastern Conference going at it for four years or three years. But nah, he was loyal. He stayed the traditional route. Him being old school too. I'm going to stick it out in New York. I'm going to have J.R. Smith, Tyson Chandler, Novak, and these guys, you know, Amari's here, and that's enough. It was not, let's let's just, you know, outsource every opponent with three three superstars, three all-stars, right? But it cost Melo in a way because he missed out on that championship opportunity in his prime because he didn't make that adjustment. So now Durant had to look at all this, make that adjustment, and now from there, it was established. This is the way to compete for chips. These old traditional ways, the Spurs, you see them phase out. There's a reason. They didn't take that route, and they kind of phased out. 
you know, I think the league's kind of getting back to that, but I th still it's too much movement. I like the two-star league better, but there's still too much movement. There is still too much going on. And it's the, the thing is, man, you got to do it because it's the blueprint. If you don't follow it, you're fucked, right? So I really hope this next generation, the Jamal Murrays, the Trey Youngs, and, uh, you know, all these young guys, all these young guys coming up, the Jason Tatums, they stay where they're at. I think they should take pride in staying where they're at. I think the message really is championships ain't the end all be all. You know, the media made it about that for LeBron and in a way for Durant. But those two guys really maximized everything. They stuck the traditional route as long as they could. Then they departed. So I don't want to hear these young guys in rumors. I don't want to come out here every week and be a GM on my podcast and do these fantasy moves. I want to speak on the actual specifics of the game and analyze what's going to go down on the court. This who's going where shit, it got really casual. It got really annoying, you know, it, it got overkill. Like, yo, I cared when LeBron and Durant had to leave because, look, these guys had maximized everything they had done, right? Uh, but it's to a point now where, like, yo, not everyone is like that, and not, not, not everyone needs a championship. So I just want to see that traditional route come back, and I think there's more of a beauty in that. I think there's more of a, a journey in that that is, you know, more fruitful for the guys that are involved, but also for the fans. Like when Dirk won, it was beautiful. Look at that, right? Like he did not leave. He did not be in a trade rumor. He wasn't in no free agency rumors, all that. He stuck it out. And hey, when the opportunity came in 2011 near the end of his prime, he capitalized, you know, even Garnett, Pierce and Ray, they were at the end of their prime. They had like a three-year window. They got it right away. And that was it, right? It was beautiful. It felt like something. It felt really special because you saw all pieces involved. Enjoy the journey. You know, you saw them grow and you saw them fail and all these things. Now it's like people are skipping steps. You know, they took what LeBron and Grant did way too far. I just want to see the league go back to that. I think it's on the young guys to take it back to that.